welcome friends to my podcast to which i call it as swapcast here you would get to listen to some inspiring motivational short stories and basically anything and everything under the sun to get that small dose of morale boost and slight relaxation in today's swapcast we have another special guest with us he is a ceo of gropel solutions private limited and co-founder of surut consultants he also wrote two books his first book's name is surviving 2020 a practical guide for smes to survive covid-19 and latest one that's trending and personally for me the book's name is also something that would ring a bell to not just an entrepreneurs but people who are interested in finance related to startups and msmes the latest book's name is making working capital work for you and that's quite a catchy tagline so let me welcome mr charudat pandey hello charudat how are you hello sapneel i'm doing good thank you how are you uh, doing welcome to my podcast which i call it as a swapcast so uh, my listeners would li- like to know your journey so what was your journey like my journey was a standard uh, journey that's followed around uh, the kids who uh, were born around 75 onwards till about uh-huh. 85 the standard journey uh, got uh, into mechanical engineering by default my cousin was a mechanical engineer so okay. so i wanted to become mechanical engineer and when even when he told me to get into computers i told him that's not fair because you are a mechanical engineer so mm-hmm. i also need to become a mechanical engineer <laughs> and so has uh, been my nephew so the tradition continues in next generation as well so okay. i did my mechanical engineering but when i got uh, into actual work i realized that probably my ability to work with people uh, was far better compared to getting purely into the uh, drawing boards and uh, design or running the shop floor mm-hmm. i started uh, into sales and mm-hmm. about for two and a half years i actually ran a shop floor uh, we worked very closely on developing different kind of uh, test tracks so i did everything right from uh, the sales part designing the test tracks manufacturing installations on site so i had a very good exposure to what are the challenges that the msmes face uh, during their uh, operations and we have seen a tougher time couple of uh, times during mm-hmm. the 98 phase as well as 2008 phase as well Right. and just before this uh, phase after about 8 years into my career mm-hmm. the entrepreneurship bug hit me for the first time okay i started uh, my own uh, firm that was into simulator development we developed a simulator uh, which was on indica platform and wow. uh, another variant of that was for the truck training which is still being used by uh, companies like castrol Super. and uh, that point in time i also got a opportunity to work with a pune based automaker to streamline their operations from designing of the product to basic uh, manufacturing to optimization using a company that they had acquired in US okay. and so we had a complete end to end offering and we worked on a Tata S platform for optimizing their load body so that uh-huh. gave me a good exposure to how a complete end to end automotive design would happen but that also exposed me big time in terms of understanding what my limitations were there at that point in time uh-huh. i had never worked in a corporate and i was not aware of how the large corporates would really work so okay. then i realized that it's time for me to get into a large corporate i was uh, fortunate to get an opportunity to work with ibm and Lovely. that point in time uh, my md was also kind enough to let uh, he had returned from stanford so he knew what was the value that i could get uh, by working with ibm so i joined ibm 
learned a lot in those two and a half years before IBM as a part of their strategy divested the business to Deso. So moved to Deso for one and a half years. And wow. the final corporate stint happened with SAP India. Mm-hmm. SAP India was a huge turning point because it exposed me to the complete enterprise systems, companies, the management, and being a part of the enterprise team and the key account team. I was required to work with the CFOs, with the uh, promoters to help them appreciate what is the value that a system would bring to them. And that mm-hmm. gave me very good insights on how a company should operate, what is differentiating the European and the US companies from Indian companies, what the corporate governance in those companies bringing to them, mm-hmm how they are able to create a sustained value over a very long period of time and why we see so many of them into fortune uh, 100 or fortune 500 compared to only two or three of Indian companies actually reaching there. So with that uh, knowledge, I thought that it would be great if I'm able to uh, percolate this knowledge to the small and medium enterprises, the mid-sized enterprises. And that's when I again uh, stepped out of SAP in 2014. Mm -hmm. That was my second uh, stint, which is now continuing for seven odd years. And for seven years, I've been primarily working with uh, companies to uh, streamline their business, streamline their business processes and underlying systems. Lovely, lovely. That's quite an amazing... uh, portfolio you have you have worked with a lot of big giants i guess and with various domains as well am i right yes so worked across different sectors had a good exposure to uh, pharma manufacturing i worked closely automotive for about 10 odd years some exposure to uh, fmcg space as well superb superb. so uh, these two books that we are talking about the first one that you wrote was Surviving 2020, a practical guide for SMEs to survive COVID-19. So uh, this book and the other one that's quite trending nowadays is the one which you wrote. The name is Making Working Capital Work for You. So two books. How you how did you stumble upon writing these books? Okay, this is I need to thank COVID for it okay. because <laughs> this was something uh, that was uh, right once in a century event right we haven't experienced something like this uh, for a century very true so when uh, covid hit we were working with multiple clients and what we realized is that a lot of those clients uh, had no clue about uh, what the things would happen Mm -hmm. or what would happen to them the impact was on multiple levels first was regarding the discontinue or the disruption to the way uh, the normal business was right they had certain cash flow they had planned they had planned for certain expansion they knew that probably the business would grow in a certain direction. So with that particular part, they had some investment, they had some uh, expected returns and they had some plans of their own. Mm -hmm. Now all of that was disrupted. What uh, they realized or they were very quick to realize is that the impact is not going to be short term. Mm -hmm. The impact is also going to be long term. But what was going to be the impact on Indian uh, sector was something not sure and that's Mm -hmm. when everybody was in a state of panic regarding how they should be reacting and we were all uh, made to sit at home and uh, we had a lot of time so I started thinking on the various challenges that my clients were asking me and I tried to create a framework on how these companies can systematically assess what was the impact 
I read a lot, looked at how uh, the US government was responding, how China was responding to their internal challenges, mm-hmm. what the European agencies were preparing for. And then based on that, what I realized is that there is a way for us to understand what is going to be the impact of the COVID-related challenges on our business. And that would also open up a lot of opportunities for us in 2021 when the market would open and there is going to be a complete disruption in the supply chain. But for everybody to capitalize on those opportunities, it was important for them to survive through 2020. Because mm-hmm. the market was going to open in only in 2021 and there was definitely going to be a challenging period for the uh, last 8 to 9 months of uh, 2020. And that's when I wrote the book, published it and I conducted sessions for more than 1000 companies across uh, different sectors. Wow. We offered them the free framework, we uh, gave them free coaching sessions for them to assess this impact on them and a lot of them came back uh, to us with their queries, we tried to answer them to best of our uh, knowledge. And during those conversations, what we realized is that a lot of people were worried about from where they are going to get the working capital. Because mm-hmm. what used to happen here is that the Indian companies are a lot, uh, lot more dependent on their own investment or mm-hmm. the money which is coming from unsecured uh, sources. sources. You, you would be surprised to note that uh, till about two years back, we were talking about the credit penetration in India mm-hmm. was just at about 16%. Okay. So in India, we have got total 6.3 million uh, companies. Okay. Okay? okay. Out of this 6.3 million companies, just imagine that only 16% of them get a formal credit through bank. No. And everybody else would need the credit, right? Exactly. Exactly. So where this credit comes from, that either comes from their own contribution or it comes from the unsecured sources. Unsecured, of course. Yeah, and that was creating a huge issue because mm-hmm. earlier when they were rotating and the money was there and they had certain business, it was possible for them to repay that amount and they were surviving some way. Some of them were making better profits, so they were also growing. Right. However, when this rotation itself stopped or the economy stopped, the transaction stopped, not every sector got the immediate requirement. Things, uh, sectors like uh, pharma got the boom, healthcare, a particular part got a good boom. But some of the people like into engineering sectors, mm-hmm. they were not uh, as a part of the essential sectors. Right. Or even affiliated sectors to agriculture also had their own challenges. Very so true. with this uh, challenge, there was the whole flow of money as the people uh, ref- usually refer, was mm-hmm. somewhere disrupted. And mm-hmm. that created a situation wherein a lot of them were required to pay just the interest to uh, the private lenders and the principal repayment was not happening. So the company was actually running to repay that interest to the lender compared to even its own survival or its growth. And that's what led to this book, Making Working Capital Work For You, rather than you working to repay the working capital. Superb. That is really a nice thing that a positive outcome has come out of COVID, I feel. So things have changed better for you with writing this book, I'm sure. Because uh, any particular incident or a case study you want to share on that or, you know, related to the COVID times, any specific? Sure. Uh, COVID times, uh, we have seen uh, multiple case studies. I would like to uh, definitely share a case study of uh, one very uh, senior uh, entrepreneur. He is uh, 70 plus. Mm -hmm. 
वी हैड अ फर्स्ट लॉकडाउन ऑन ट्वेंटी सेकेंड दैट द जनता कर्फ्यू एंड देन आफ्टर दैट वी हैड द फर्स्ट लॉकडाउन सो वन डे आफ्टर दिस लॉकडाउन द जेंटलमैन वॉज गोइंग टू द पुलिस स्टेशन टॉकिंग टू द अथॉरिटी सेइंग दैट ही हैज़ द कैपेसिटी टू हेल्प द गवर्नमेंट एंड द पब्लिक विद द सैनिटाइजर्स ही वर्क फॉर थ्री डेज टू इंश्योर दैट ही गेट्स ऑल द नेसेसरी अप्रूवल्स एंड फोर्थ डे दे वेर वर्किंग okay so within four days in spite of all the challenges so this is the passion that we talk about people are so passionate that irrespective of the age and the seniors were not willing to even his son wanted him to uh, uh, take go. it easy but he uh-huh. said no i'm going to come with you we are going to work together and we are going to ensure that we'll work and that so, also ensured that the about 100 odd people in the company were able to work they were able to get their salaries on time so 100 families survived through through this particular phase uh, with uh, a decent lifestyle there were challenges but they survived however what happened in this space was mm-hmm. that there was only one particular product which was being produced the other products were not uh, getting ma- getting manufactured mm-hmm. so there was a challenge in terms of how the business would uh, grow and typically in contract manufacturing wherein the the contract uh, manufacturer orders all the items on behalf of oem then the responsibility to pay basically gets transferred to the mm-hmm. contract manufacturer and not to the oem so right. oem has the choice of changing the product but the contract manufacturer does not have the choice of not paying back because mm-hmm. if he does not pay he does not get the material for the next set of orders right. so this is one particular incidence that uh, helped me realize that we need to have a different uh, policy for this uh, sectors and we started working with uh, the oems we worked with this companies to see how they can how we can uh, remove the stress into the entire supply chain and within 4 uh, months time we were able to get the supply chain streamlined superb superb so uh, with uh, you know uh, any government organization uh, you feel needs improvement especially with the msme side or any infrastructural development or anything you feel is lacking or could have been better or maybe is better right now was bad earlier or whatever that is any any anything you feel i think the in yesterday's uh, address to the nation the prime minister made a very valid point when he said that all the departments need to now work to mm-hmm. understand which are the laws which are creating a hurdle for governments to uh, for industry to run okay. let me give an example there was one old uh, law wherein it said that when you visit a particular factory uh-huh. the restrooms in the factory need to be uh, painted with white okay or they need to be painted in one particular way particular color now, okay yeah that was some rule because that facility did not exist many years back so at some point in time that particular law was made now right. that particular law is a standard practice for some of the inspectors to come and pin you down on your facilities oh. so there are some very small laws that create a, uh, the challenge for industry to operate so these are the laws wherein uh, the government uh, needs to rationalize that the government has already removed almost about 200 outdated laws they are in right. the process of making more and the message that's coming in is that the interference of government in people's life should be minimum they should basically acted as a facilitator and not the hurdle is a very important message but it's a mindset change it's not right. going to be just about somebody at the top saying it to get that message till down at the operational level it's going to take some time but there is definitely mm-hmm. some movement that's happening on that side one of the positive thing that mm-hmm. i saw during this entire uh, challenging period was the way ministry of finance responded to the stress that had got generated into economy okay 
particularly in MSME sectors, what happened is that just before the COVID, mm-hmm. we were seeing some uh, global supply chain shifts happening, some shifts in the uh, consumption patterns were already happening. So okay. because of that, those particular patterns, certain sectors had already started coming into stress. So like digitalization happened, people started uh, getting more into digital. So things like the print or the some of the other medias were already experiencing some stress. So right. some of these units were already in challenge and they were they were already under stress and they were looking at exploring some newer opportunities for them or using their facilities to producing something more. Mm-hmm. However, these units, even if they had one or two uh, challenges of delayed payments, were qualified under a, a different category mm-hmm. in the banking terminology and they were finding it difficult to get fresh credit for growth. So what the government has done under the new uh, scheme is that the accounts who had this kind of a smaller challenges can also now get the credit. Okay. It is possible for these accounts to get one-time settlement and they can get up to a, around uh, 30% of uh, the total ad- working capital. So additional 30% of their total working capital for them to get uh, going. And mm-hmm. this 30% is good enough for the company to uh, run for a month and then that generates the subsequent cash flow for the company to work. That is working well and it has mm-hmm. helped us uh, big time in the case I discussed earlier. So this, uh, the credit that we got under the emergency credit line was a big boost uh, for us into the manufacturing setup. Super. So basically what you mentioned is the mindset is getting changed. So uh, any concept or a financial aspect you feel an entrepreneur must bear in mind or you know his mindset when he opens his own uh, say a firm or startup or company. Any, any concept or financial aspect you feel an entrepreneur must bear in mind or must have his mindset in place like this? There are a couple of things that uh, they need to work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are opening a startup, when you that point in time, you need to have a very realistic estimation of what is the point uh, in time when you are going to have your first customer. When are you going to get your first uh, revenue? When that is going to come to your bank? And what is the point in time when you are going to break even? So if that particular working is clear, then you know what is exactly the capital that you would need to start this particular product. Mm -hmm. And if you start with that particular assessment, then you know that as you come closer to that, you can change your strategy dynamically and then create some then manage to that particular challenge so assuming that you have estimated that the first revenue would come on month 12 and by about month 18 you are going to break even Mm -hmm. so if you plan for 18 months of expenditure then you can work out or you can create in a way wherein right now you have got a visibility for 12 months but you know that within 12 months you can create a minimum viable product get some funding and then take it to the month 18 and then to the month uh, 21 wherein you would have some additional profit coming your way so if you plan yourself that way it is possible for you to run that setup for a a good amount of time if you do not plan that uh, in that particular way uh, you just simply try to use a concept and then uh, try and work with the angel investors to get some money and then try and build up uh, a team based on that it becomes very difficult so it is very important for you to have this uh, timeline clearly defined understand the quantum that is required and remember the bootstrapping is the best way india is more of a zero the based company compared to the Baijus. Even okay. Baijus, when they started, they were really not the story that we talk about. At mm-hmm. one point in time, after the investment, Baijus is what the numbers that we are talking about. But they mm-hmm. also started very, uh, very lean, and they also uh, worked under with a lot of uh, 
financial uh, control for many years so that is very important to have in the startups right 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 financial controls is a must of course but finance so <laughs> coming to finance any any advice or tips for uh, you know raising capitals for a firm okay my request to all the promoters equity is the costliest form of capital mm-hmm. so equity should be diluted only and only when you are going to have a substantial benefit out of that part or you have come to a, a stage wherein it's important for you to unlock your value for either some personal reason or even for business reason because unlocking also brings in a visibility and that unlocking also brings in a lot of responsibility okay. so you should unlock only when you have bought the business to a certain level mm-hmm. till that point in time you should try and see how you can operate within your own means now uh, we have something called as a, a smart uh, finance or if you look at it in practical terms there are multiple ways for you to uh, finance your purchases okay. as well as discount your invoices so you use all the latest methodology which is available for you to manage your working capital effectively and use this capital to grow use even use your own capital for your uh, growth or for creating fixed assets that would give you longer uh, that would give you much better return over a period of time and use the things like bill discounting or purchase financing to uh, manage your working capital needs mm, quite an advice thanks for those tips charlat and uh, coming to your firm uh, surud uh, is it right yeah so what yes. is surud your firm is into and what kind of services does it offer so we work at uh, the three levels here sopnil okay. we work uh, primarily with msmes on their complete business transformation so we help them understand uh, appreciate what is their uh, vision we look at how their business model is structured we identify what are the challenges uh, that they are facing we help them overcome those challenges from the uh, business development growth perspective mm-hmm. we streamline their uh, finances we bring in the necessary controls and we also help them uh, raise the growth capital if it is uh, required so that's the work on uh, the msme side with the large corporates we work into some specific areas that they are looking for at present we are working with a large fmcg company on their uh, complete contract manufacturing uh, streamline previously we have worked on to the product costing uh, system implementation part that's on the larger part and the third thing that we do is that along with the startups we work uh, as mentors Mm-hmm. we work as the bouncing board or the mirror for the uh, promoters to bounce off their ideas get their thoughts validated and bring in the controls and systems as and when required right 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 so coming to your book that is uh, making work working capital work for you right so um, yes. can you uh, tell any one or two you know para or um, anything that you have wrote in the book and you know anything you want to share within that book to our listeners yes that book is structured around a framework called ascor and this yes okay. this uh, framework is applicable across the businesses uh-huh. it starts with understanding what is the ideal capital that you should have deployed in your business and then compares that with the current uh, working capital deployment and then identifies the reason for differences between the two Okay. then it helps you identify what are the sources of uh, working capital in your business what is the actual cost of working capital 
normally in case of uh, the companies we believe that whatever the money that we are taking from the bank and we are paying them the interest that is what is the amount that we need to look at the cost mm-hmm. and there is always your own contribution to the working capital and right. we don't really consider the any cost for that but remember that the banks give you any particular loan mm-hmm. after all this scrutiny securing all your assets oh, against yes, that and ensuring that everything of that money is protected so if with all this uh, clearance and with all this uh, security if the banks give you the loan at about 10% mm-hmm. and you are putting your hard earned money from your previous ventures or which has come from your family and relatives with just the belief that you can make it big without any kind of security right. then that amount has to at least earn twice the um, return compared to what you are giving it to the bank so if uh-huh. your bank rate is 10% and you are you have invested the equal amount then you should calculate rate of interest at twice what you are getting it from the bank so if the bank is offering it your 10 calculate 20% on your own investment in the business and mm-hmm. then see if the business is feasible if the business is feasible with this particular cost we can be absolutely sure that the business is going to grow if it is not generating the returns mm-hmm. at double the rate of bank interest which means that you either need to work on your cost or you need to work on your uh, sales uh, price that way you need to balance it and ensure that your business remains viable and profitable in spite of this particular cost so then we started with assessment we looked at the sources we looked at the cost this way then we look at opportunities for us to optimize this would mean uh, optimizing your inventory equipment resources spares as well so optimize this and then finally look at restructuring see how you can uh, you can restructure your current working capital need and cost to improve your profitability and mm-hmm. create a platform for you to grow this is the underlying framework for the book and in the book uh, i have described all these stages in detail and at the end i have also provided the assessment sheets for uh, individuals to carry out the assessment for their respective companies mm-hmm. and, and and any 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 services that you offer uh, in surhut Yes, we do offer uh, services around the working capital assessment as well. Okay. Uh, what we have done as a part of uh, our larger initiative is that we have launched a platform called Sumax dot Expert. Okay. This is success maximized. So we want Indian MSMEs to uh, become successful and contribute to the dream of India being a five trillion dollar economy. Super. And for them, uh, we have launched this particular course on working capital optimization on this platform itself. so the companies would need to or the individuals would need to register themselves on the platform mm-hmm. they would get a set of videos wherein we would help them uh, understand what the concept is we would offer the framework to them it can be downloaded and okay. then there is a video wherein uh, they can uh, fill the template as per this uh, the as per the ascot template and the instructions provided in the video and subsequently once they are ready with their questions and their observations they can book a free call with us to share their challenges and get our insights on how they can address those challenges superb so how how long is duration of the courses the the course duration we believe that uh, should be completed in about 2 uh, weeks okay. the video duration is just about 1 uh, hour each okay. but however once they get through the videos filling up the template typically takes uh, uh, about uh, around a week or so because some of the parameters are directly available some of them are not available mm-hmm. so around a week to fill and once they have all the queries listed they can book a call with us in the next week and we can discuss superb so it's like a you are a one stop shop or you know uh, for entrepreneurs yes we are trying to uh, 
make an impact to the Indian MSMEs. We are trying to help them appreciate the value of uh, what the technology is going to bring them. And we want to them to become global MSMEs. Superb, superb. So one last question I would like to ask. These both amazing gem of your books, where can you find it? <laughs> All of them are available on Amazon. Okay. Uh, there is a Kindle uh, version. I'll share the links with you. Sure. Uh, they are available on Kindle. And the Making Working Capital Work For You is also available as a print version. Oh, wow. That's superb. That is very nice. And I am super enlightened uh, with this uh question answer or whatever talk that I had with you and I'm sure there might be a lot of questions also you know coming up through listeners and everything so uh, listeners will post it and I'll post it to you again and it was uh, it is a delight to hear you because a lot of budding entrepreneurs and startup who look forward to all their challenges and questions they will definitely approach you so yes uh, Thanks for your time. And any last uh, uh, note to end with for the startups or the budding entrepreneurs from you? Yes. I want all of you to believe in yourself. Believe me, we are going to be a $5 trillion economy very, very soon. Mm -hmm. We are going to claim our rightful place in the world trade. And for that, the growth is going to come through startups and MSMEs. The right. major corporates have run their distance. They have done their bit. Mm -hmm. Now the growth is only going to come through startups and MSMEs. So this is the decade which belongs to us. Mm -hmm. And we just need to hold ourselves. We need to maintain a positive outlook. We need to have the growth mindset and just have faith in ourselves to do good. And believe me, we are going to have lots of lots of success stories when we talk, when we enter 2030. Super, super. So I guess we will have a lot of such talk shows coming your way, listeners, because uh, he is the go-to guy and I'm sure you will be, as a startups, will approach him and definitely uh, resolve your queries or whatever doubts you have. And we will probably host series of such sessions, maybe going forward and looking forward for Charudat's support as well. So uh, here with this positive note, I'll end this podcast with you. Hope to see you soon. Yes. Thank you so much, Sapnil, for this opportunity. And listeners, believe in ourselves. We are going to make it big. Super. Thank you. So let's make in India big. And we have come to the end of this podcast. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Hope to see you all very soon. Till then, take care, stay safe and wear a mask. <laughs>